Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Peace women. Today we are in Exodus 34, 35, and 36. It is amazing. We're almost at the end of this book, and it's been an incredible study. And we have enjoyed it so much that we added it to our membership site. So all of the details and the handouts will be in the membership site. So I'm going to encourage you to take a look there. If you're not a member, join, be a member. There's lots of great material in there. So let's look here at our program and see what God is doing in Exodus 34, 35, and 36, because he's sharing some really great information here. When we look at it, and let's start by reading verses 5 and 6 in chapter 24. It's awesome how he is just so clear. He says in verse 5, When the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord, and he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children of their children for the sin of their parents to the third and the fourth generation. In this, we see how the Lord is saying, I want you to see me as a loving God. I'm a forgiving God. I am full of mercy and compassion, right? But you won't go unpunished if you're sin. So there's also the sovereignty of the Lord that he wants us to see. There's the sovereignty of the fact that he will be slow to anger and he's filled with unfailing love for us, but he still wants us to be obedient. He still is God. He wants us to hold him in high regard. And these were the basis of his renewal of his covenant, weren't they? God's unfailing love and his generous desire to forgive. Those aren't weaknesses that he has. Those were the blessing that he gave us. So we see the Lord wants us to see us as this gracious God. He also makes this covenant with us, but it doesn't give us an excuse to sin. He wants us to hold him in such high regard, love him so much, just like he does us, that we don't sin, that we hold him in first party in everything that we do. When you look at verses 10 through 11, we see God commits to caring once again for his people in this miraculous way. The Lord also makes it so clear in the passages that follow that idolatry will not be tolerated. He will not tolerate adultery, idolatry or adultery, actually, either one. But He's very clear about that. Let's look at verse 14 and see what he says here. 
He says in verse 14, break down their altars, smash their sacred stones and cut down their Asherah poles. Do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. That was 13 and 14. He is a jealous God. He is jealous for our love. He is jealous for us to put him first. He does not want us to put anything ahead of him. He doesn't want us to make anything a greater priority. He talks again in this chapter, in addition to that, to in showing that he comes first, putting the um, importance of the festival. Remember, he talked in the other chapters of the festival of the, of the unleavened bread. He talks about sacrificing the firstborn. He talks again about the Sabbath. I hope you caught the Sabbath over and over and over and over in these scriptures. He's talked about it. So if you're not doing the Sabbath, why not? I'm going to just challenge you on that, ladies. Make sure you're taking a Sabbath. Work hard, work diligently, get rid of waste time that you're wasting doing other things, making all your time valuable, but make sure you take a Sabbath. He also talked about the celebration of the Festival of Harvest. He talked about the Passover sacrifice. He has Moses rewrite the tablets. Moses was up with him for 40 days and 40 nights. And he comes off the mountain. And what, what did they say? They say? He was radiant. He was glowing. Don't you just feel that same way when you have that opportunity to spend the time with the Lord? Like, I just feel radiant. I feel so good when I've been in the word. I love doing these studies because I have to dig even deeper than when I do on a daily basis. And I read three or four different versions of these chapters and just draw for them. And I read the different um you know, things in the in the Bible that concordances and go back to the different scriptures and look and see what God says in the New Testament about this. And it just, it leaves me feeling so fulfilled. And I think of him walking out with that radiant and how he had to wear a veil and I can just picture it. And I think I can relate to how Moses felt being with the Lord I can only imagine spending 40 days and 40 nights in his presence and look at verse 33. It says that he was glowing so greatly that he had to cover his face. So in second Corinthians three, 17 to 18, I wrote this, Paul really applies Moses's experience to Christians. Nowadays, Christians who, um, by faith, see the glory of Jesus Christ when they experience, when they experience Jesus, when they experience in the word and have that spiritual transformation, they start glowing. You hear people say, oh, you look different. You seem different. You act different. Well, when we encounter God and we have an intimate relationship with him, we should have that glow. We should look differently. We should have that glow about us and look different and feel different and act different doesn't mean we won't have challenges god never said it would be easy but we do we do need to look at how do we reflect christ to others are we glowing are we filled with the spirit are we filled with joy and peace and his all of his nature or are we filled with doubt and negativity? And that's what's spewing over. So 
I, I read this multiple times and thought, you know, we really need to check our hearts. We really need to check our spirits. What is God revealing in you that's not glowing? Do you have anything that's not glowing or maybe you're glowing in a bad way? Make sure that your reflection is that of the Holy Spirit. And if it's not, then I believe he's calling us to spend more and more and more time with him. Take that Sabbath. He emphasized it, as I just mentioned, many times. And he says it again in these scriptures. So I'm going to encourage you. Yes, build your businesses, build your ministries. But you really want to focus on the time with him and that Sabbath every week, ladies. Make sure it's a priority for yourself. And I'm speaking to myself too. So I've gotten better and better and better over the years at doing that because I see the importance of it. I see the transformation it's had in my life and my family's life. So in verse um, four to seven in um, chapter 35, we see that the Lord once again is commanding sacrifice, but I want you to look at it. He commands all kinds of different sacrifice, lots of different options that he gave the people. So bring this and bring that. So it gave so many different people, instead of them all sacrificing the same things, they were sacrificing different parts of it. And what happened when you think about it, and to me, it's a reflective of the so reflective of the body of Christ, isn't it? We all have different gifts and talents is to sacrifice to him. And I love how in um, chapter 35, it's reflective of that. It's an opportunity for everyone to make a sacrifice. It's an opportunity for all of them to. And when we see how valuable that is to him, that we sacrifice our lives to him, our gifts, our talents, our treasures, he wants us to use them for his purpose and for his plan. And as in these scriptures, they brought all these different sacrifices. They all had different sacrifices and different treasures that they could use. And they had more than they needed. And they had to stop receiving gifts because they received many more than they needed. And so I think the greatest gift that we can um catch here the greatest thing that we can catch from these scriptures here is that we self-analyze ourselves what gifts talents and treasures do we have and are we using them for God's glory are we using them to help others and so in chapter 36 we see that Bezalel and Holy Holiab (laughs) I'll get that name right. Holy app. Oh, ho. Oh, ho. Liab. Oh, holy. <laughs> I can laugh at myself. That is a tough one. Oh, holy app are very gifted craftsmen, aren't they? So they're called to do the craftsmanship, but they're, they're working on this tabernacle. But if you see in verses 36, verses three to five, we see Moses gave them materials donated by the people. And what happened? They continued to get more and more and more and more and more and more gifts till finally the men had to tell them to quit giving because they had more than they needed to complete the job that God 
had for them. So each person was able to sacrifice and glorify the God, um, God with their gifts, their treasures, their talents, and they didn't need it anymore. But think about how each one of them felt when they knew they were a part of it and they gave their best that they had. They weren't out looking for some other treasure that they didn't have so they could go give a sacrifice. They gave of what they had. And this to me is a beautiful picture of generosity and how God calls us to give what we have and to use, again, use our gifts and talents for him because there's so many ways we can give to the Lord and to serve him through the things he's already giving us. And oftentimes we live in a mind of scarcity. We live in a, you know, with fear of poverty. And so we hoard what we have instead of being generous and giving. Can you imagine, can you just imagine if all of us were to commit to helping ministries in our communities and they told us, stop, stop giving because you're giving too much. We have too much. Can you imagine the picture that would be? That would be so amazing if we had ministries saying to us, instead you hear them over and over, we need more money, more money, because they don't have enough to provide the services that God's called them to provide. So I'm just going to encourage you to stop and think for a minute, what can you give? Is it your time, your treasure, your talents that you can give more of? When you think about it, how much do we really, really need to live on? And when you, when I think of that, I often think of um, generosity and I think of, um, oh, what is the ministry? It's generous giving. They, they challenge you to really look at your budget and say, okay, how much do I need to live on? And what does that really look like? And how much am I spending on trivial things that I really don't need? And how can I live on less and give more? And many influential people I know that are very wealthy are now giving millions and millions of dollars because they changed their perspective from what should I give to, to what can I get, how much more can I give and how much more can I decrease, make my cost of living. And so some of them are giving as high as 50% Hobby Lobby's family, the greens, they get 50% of their profits to charity and they're doing tons of kingdom work. And I believe that's why God blesses so many of these businesses is because their owners are kingdom minded and they're focused on generosity and they're focused on making a big impact for the Lord on earth. And so when we're talking about making money and we're talking about building businesses, we're talking about building ministries. And even in my, um, Think and Grow Rich program that I do. One of the biggest things that I tell all of the women, we're talking about how to grow rich, but the reality is it's not just rich in money. It's rich in joy, rich spiritually, rich in um, family life, rich in so many other ways. But the one thing that is imperative when we're setting goals is that we think about 
what is it we want to achieve with the money that we're going to achieve, the money that we're going to make? It's the change in the world that we're going to achieve. That's the greatest gift of the money. The greatest riches in it isn't the money itself for personal gain and for all those things. The greatest, yes, you'll have a nice home. Yes, you'll have nice trips. You'll have nice things. But the reality is it's so much more valuable when you think about what you can do for somebody else, what you can achieve with those finances, really creating a why that is so much more powerful than just, I want to make a million dollars. Well, what would you do with that million dollars? With that million dollars, I would build a couple of schools or I would support an orphanage. There would be so many things that I will do with the funds that I make. And those are the things in changing our mindsets and thinking about how God wants us to grow personally, professionally, and financially that we should be considering because those whys will carry us so much further than just the money. The monetary is all good. There's nothing wrong with money. I believe God's blessed us to make money and we can make money and we will make money and we will be very successful. However, it's for a purpose and a plan. And that is, that is what is so much greater than anything that we are focused on dollar amount wise, what we do with it. So I just had this conversation with a couple of my girlfriends the other day, and they were talking about this and that, and some of their fears of growing old and fears of, um, you know, getting wrinkles and all those things. And as we were just having that discussion, I got to get my nails done, but <laughs> anyway, um, for those of you seeing it on video, those on the podcast, you didn't see that, but, and I thought, and I said, I said, wow. This is such a first world country thought and conversation because while we're sitting here worried about how do we, you know, take care of our facial, our facial issues or, you know, our wrinkles or these different things, people are starving, people are dying, refugees are fleeing a war. And I have another friend in Moldova who they have 80 people living right now in their headquarters that they're serving. In this little headquarters, they're serving 80 refugees. People are being trafficked. People don't have clean water to drink, but yet we were sitting here worried about such vain things. And it just really challenged me of what are our priorities and what, and ladies, don't get me wrong. There is absolutely positively nothing wrong with taking care of yourself and keeping yourself looking beautiful. So don't get me wrong. That was not the point that I felt convicted about. What I felt convicted about was that, am I that, intentional in my conversations about how we can make an impact in the world as well. It's not either or, it's in addition to, because we should be taking good care of ourselves and we should be making, making sure that we're healthy, but we can sacrifice some things that we have to do good in the world. And I believe we waste a lot of money in America on trivial things. I can think of my groceries. Oftentimes I'll be in the grocery store and I'll want this, 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 and this. And I have too much food to cook in a week and some of it spoils. 
and especially lately because the produce doesn't seem like it's lasting as long. And that's money wasted. When I think of that, I think, well, what could I have done with that money? And so those are the things I'm talking about and thinking about generosity on a big scale, but even on a little scale, think of the widow's might. Think about what can you do for somebody today? What can you sacrifice today? Who can you encourage today? I'm going to encourage you to, you know, if you're not already making an impact in the world with what you're doing, to really take time to evaluate your time, your treasure, your talents. How are you using them? How is he calling you to use them? How is he asking you to sacrifice them for him? Are you giving him your finest or are you giving him your leftovers? Oftentimes, our studies with him, our time with him, our prayers with him are rush, rush, rush. Okay, checklist. I got to check it off. I got to have my time with God because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm a good Christian versus making him our number one priority. When I think of that, when he was telling them, you shall not have any idols before me and you shall have the Sabbath. He was being very specific over and over in Exodus. We've seen him say these things and say he is the Lord. He wants us to get our priorities straight and he wants us to sacrifice. He wants us to put him first. He has great plans for us. He has exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever wish or dream of. And he wants us to make a great impact in the world, but not just for ourselves, but for others and to do something with it. So I'm going to challenge you today. Just think about who can you help today? Who just needs a kind word? When oftentimes when you ask people about who's the most generous person in their life, they don't talk about who's the most generous financially. They don't say, oh, this person gave me this, 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 and this. What they say is, this person invested in me. They mentored me. They loved me through a difficult time. They were there for me when I was struggling. They brought me donuts when I, one of the stories that one of the um, moms talks about that was one of the most impactful things to her was a family who would drop off donuts after her husband had committed suicide for her boys. And the generosity of the just the time and the effort that it took for that family to never forget them and to do sweet things and how they brought over the donuts when it just cheered the boys up in a very dark time. But it was their heart that she saw how they were so intentional to show love. So be generous in your love, be generous in your your attention and who you can add value to. And I know for me, nothing, nothing makes me smile more or just makes my heart sing as my husband giggles at me because I always say it makes my heart smile, but it does. It makes my heart smile to see that I'm impacting somebody's life. When I, when I've gone on mission trips, if you haven't gone on mission trip, that is a great way to impact the kingdom for, with your time and your talents Go on a mission trip, see what's happening around the world. It will change your life forever. I promise you, girl, take, even if it's a short one, do a mission trip because the reality is you're going there to serve and use your time and talents and treasures to serve others, but God will rock your world and he will bless you beyond anything you could ever imagine because it's so much more rewarding to receive than it is to give. So you give with a generous heart 
but you receive the blessings that comes only from God and from the smiles that you get in return. When I hear the stories of transformation of the women that are experiencing the Masterpiece Women uh, membership and they're growing their businesses and they feel you know, empowered to do what God's called them to do and they're thriving in their walk with the Lord and they're thriving at home because their relationships are stronger because they're doing the work in the membership. It brings such great joy to me because I know that I'm using my gifts and my talents and my treasures to support other women to be the best version of themselves and to be all that God has called them to be and go do the plans that he has for them because they and you are masterpieces created by him to do the work that he planned for you so long ago. So have a wonderful, just beautiful day today, ladies. Go be a blessing to the world. Go pick someone to be a blessing to today. And just remember, Jesus loves you and so do I. Have a wonderful day and join us again tomorrow or whenever our next podcast is. Actually, I shouldn't say tomorrow because it's not often tomorrow. We have podcasts every Thursday and then we add an extra in typically once or twice a week, just depending on the week. So we look forward to being with you next time on Masterpiece Women podcast. Have a great day, ladies. Mm -hmm.